we stole our neighbor's summer sausage and we hid it in their drain pipe and then their drain pipe backed up and like overflowed oh, with everything and sausage piped yeah we sausage piped them that's <laughs> that's pretty creative hey roaches i'm todd tondera and welcome to my audio thrifting diary i scour secondhand stores searching for interesting artifacts useful unusuals trendy trinkets cool collectibles and good garbage each week for the show, I take a guest secondhand shopping. After we gather a thrift haul, we record an episode based on our findings. I'm sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. It's time to get thrifty. Hey, who said you could come in here? Welcome to your weekly edition of Thrifty Podcast, Secondhand Shopper Worm People. And we got a couple of worms here. I'm worm number one, Toddy's here. And worm number two, best co-host in the world, Josh, last call, Larkin to my right, back on the Thrifty couch. I'd rather be worm 1.5 or like worm 1B, just the connotation of two, like in any numbering sense. I don't want to ever be equated to poop. So P, you rather the P. I, I never want to be your number two. Do you ever see like toilets, toilets with numbers on them? Like if you do a number one, you hit the the one button. If you hit the, if you do one or more, you hit like the two button. Have you ever seen those? No, but I have those like an, wild. an intricate knowledge of toilets and urinals because my dad sold that while I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So like when I step up to one, I'm like, oh, a Kohler. Like I know. If I'm in a shitty establishment based off of the brand, I'm, I'm on. Nice. So if we were worms and you wanted to be worm 1.5, we could actually be the same worm with two heads. I'd be cool with that. Think Basically, about that. you and I are one person who functions with two distinct personalities. And then I just found out your dad for the first time wades through shit for a living. So that's pretty sick. I mean, he sold plumbing. It was plumbing. He had a showroom. He wasn't waiting through shit. He wasn't like... Well, he was the shit guy. Like, if you have shit... My dad's not Andy Dufresne. (laughs) (laughs) No, but if you have shit problems, you go to your dad and be like, give me a new thing to shit in. Oh, still. Yeah, still to this day. I mean, I'll I'll ask my dad. I'll be like, yo, the shitter's not working. What do I do? And he'll be like, he'll nail it. Oh, always. Speaking of shit, we waited through some shit today to bring you a brand new thrift haul. And we are recording on a early evening Friday, which is a rarity for us. Yeah, normally we're on our Thursday bullshit, but today we've got a Friday special. A Friday special, and not only that, we are both going to the same event tonight. We're both leaving the house at the same time. A rarity. Yeah, we're getting, a rarity. We're getting some wrestling in. I hit some wrestling up last night. This is like my 48-hour wrestle binge. 
So you saw Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix, famous luchadors. Yeah. Famous luchadors. Saw last some night. lucha last night. Also, also with you know Ace Austin, Lee Moriarty, some other great people. Some and tonight, local talent as well. Yeah, I mean we don't need to put them over there local, but <laughs> <laughs> tonight we've got NXT, the national stage. So NXT, WWE's little little boy. NXT. So when you're you're a little boy in NXT, and once you work out the kinks and work into some other new kinks, you get brought up to the main roster WWE. So NXT wrestling is the place you go before you hit it big, right before you hit it it's big. It's the transition, yeah. It's like where you go to sit and get drafted by the big league. And we're huge wrestling fans at Thrifty Podcast. And this is our is this our first time going to NXT together? NXT, yeah. We got we to some went other to wrestling. ROH wrestling. Yeah, we've together. been to some other shows together, some indies, some ROH, but this is some our locals, first. some yeah. better than locals. This is our NXT. Yeah, we've seen it under a bridge. We're actually going to a real live we've venue. Seen it under a bridge, on a bridge. This is actually in a full room this time. So happy birthday to us. Our thrift haul today, we're going to start out with a firecracker here. But before we get into that huge announcement, podcast night at the Toma 2 is here. Official announcement. Our DIY show is back in business. Ask for address. No cops. Podcast night at the Toma, Pittsburgh, PA, Friday, April the 12th. PNAT 2, Army of Podcasts. Getting the crew back together. So, Neon Brainiacs are a definite. Start the Beat with Sykes is a definite. There might be another show added um, coming up for this one. First time ever, we have what I'm calling the Not My Bedroom Secondhand Sale. Because what's going to go on that night, since we're doing it in my apartment, I'm clearing out my bedroom. And my bedroom is just going to have all, uh, like, a bunch of clothes and a bunch of knickknacks. We're going to turn it into a thrifty shop, yeah. It's going to be a pop-up thrifty shop in my bedroom. We'll have some clothing. We'll have some hats. There'll be tchotchkes. There'll be music. There'll be all kinds of good stuff to pick from. And not only that, but at Thrifty Podcast on Instagram, that's our thrifty gift shop. That's up and running, so it's going to be sponsored by – we're going to sponsor ourselves – so the not my bedroom secondhand sale will be sponsored by our Instagram account. Okay, I mean, <laughs> better people have sponsored their own shit, so why not us? Yeah, and the the Instagram, yeah, for anybody who is out there on Instagram, which is everybody, yeah, uh, follow along. We put things up for sale. Uh, send us an offer. Let us know. It's been great bringing the community in and bring you into not Todd's bedroom. On not PNAT my 2. bedroom. Friday, April twelfth at Pnet two. Another thanks goes out to the Pittsburgh City Paper, where we are featured in this week's edition of the Pittsburgh City Paper. It's me, it's Josh, it's Ryan. It has a pretty cool article. Thank you to uh, Amanda Waltz from the City Paper, who was on last week as well. But if you live in the uh, Pittsburgh area, pick up a City Paper, page 30. We got a nice little spread in there. Yeah, you got a half page picture of with just you me. and your confidence i love it it's so good we're gonna shadow box it i'm gonna get a little frame and put it up oh i don't want to do you can do that i don't want to picture me up in my own oh no i'm crib. gonna do it i'm gonna do it for you yeah uh, okay okay yeah i'm not gonna hang up me at my house though i'm gonna put it in your bedroom right above your bed but yeah to the thrift <laughs> hall today um we're, we're gonna start out with some cool wrestling stuff speaking of thrifty on instagram 
uh, the 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 name PGH underscore retro. That's our boy Dan PGH underscore retro. Um, Dan helped us out as a part of our thrift haul this week. As we know, Dan loves Ghostbusters stuff like that. So Dan hit up the thrifty on Instagram. Was like, hey, like Ghostbusters. I listen to the show. I'm local. I kind of go to the same haunts. And then we were trading some uh, like VHS pictures back and forth, and we got a we got a deal, a, a hell of a deal, a thrifty deal. So I gave, if you remember the the Frankenstein, we had found Frankie not all that long ago. Yeah, the 1989 Frankenstein toy from Ghostbusters. It was on the show. I paired it with some VHS tapes. Maniac Cop being the 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 heater of the group. And I traded it off to our first thrifting item today. We have vintage WWF programs from 1988 and 1990. Um, So to start it off here, um, you remember, Josh, I'm sure, um, these old house shows, old wrestling house shows used to come with a match card. Yeah, you would get, and they all looked just like this for probably 15 years mm-hmm. they had the exact same formula on these things and uh civic arena was the former arena in, rest in peace rest in peace in pittsburgh pa it was later known as the melon arena and it was the arena uh it was known as the igloo the igloo is how she shall always be remembered the igloo um so that mfr excuse my language would open up but it only opened up i think like twice yeah, for a very limited period in like the early '60s, and then it stayed shut for forever. Because it it was they said it was too expensive to to open the whole igloo up so you could see outside. I know um, it like what movie was in it where they opened it up? There was like an action movie where that was open. Oh, it was Jean Claude Van Damme? Yeah, yeah. So there was sometimes it was open, but mostly it was just a cold igloo with hockey and wrestling. Um, so this particular night, Saturday, February 20th, 1988, um, opening contest was Leaping Lanny Poffo versus the Iron Sheik. Brother of Macho Man Randy Savage. And that's the, that's the opener. And that's when he was leaping. That's before he became the genius. Mm-hmm. That's Leaping Lanny Poffo, which is not the best gimmick. No. Next up, Hillbilly Jim versus Hercules. That's a, a good match. match. Brawler. Yeah. Uh, Junkyard Dog, which is a, a, a show favorite of ours, JYD, Junkyard Dog versus Dino Bravo. Oh, that's a hoss fight. Dino Bravo could go. Mm-hmm. The Rougeau brothers. Oh, fuck them. So Jacques Rougeau and Raymond Rougeau versus Demolition, and this is Accent Smash Demolition. That's face demolition, too, because I'm pretty sure the Rougeau brothers were never face. Parts unknown, they're billed from 575 pounds. So those are our happy BDSM face. They were working face. Face means they were a good guy. Um, The Ultimate Warrior versus King Harley Race. Wow, that's really old Harley Race, too. Yeah, King. So that's like his like last... Yeah, that's before he lost it, because after King of the Ring gimmick, he started. He stopped being king. You'll love this next one. For the WWF Women's Tag Team titles, 
Oh, it's got to be my jumping bomb angels. The jumping bomb angels versus the glamour girls. So the jumping bomb angels held the championships in 1988. Yeah, for everybody in this current crop where they're like first ever women's tag team champions, it's just been pissing me off because the jumping bomb angels were amazing. I don't know who the glamour girls happened to be. Um, The glamour girls are Judy Martin and Leilani Kai. Oh wow, Leilani Kai. Okay. So there yeah, so there are some uh they there are known, but I don't remember them as the Glamour Girls. I don't either. That must have been a, a short run thing. Yeah, a different thing. But yeah, the current WWE has, as you mentioned, women's championship titles and they are um championing championing them as the first ever. But as we know, it's they're not the first ever. They're not. The Jumping Bomb Angels. And this is the uh, the 88 card. 88 yep. card. Um, so next up we have Brutus the Barber Beefcake versus Greg the Hammer Valentine. Um, Beefcake, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, he was uh, uh, yeah, a crazy hairdresser who loved meat, I guess. Yeah, he was, uh, he was just a, a fancy hairdresser who had like rips and like cuts all over his tights. And you're like, mm-hmm. if your tights look like that, why is anybody? And he used garden shears to cut hair. And like, he was later known by about... 30,000 names. He was later the Booty Man. I was going to say, that's the one that stands out. The Zodiac. All kinds of stuff. Um, Next one. Here we go. You're going to love this one. Bam Bam Bigelow versus Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. That's a great match. Bam Bam and Ted DiBiase, both really underrated 80s wrestlers. And Bam Bam was just getting into the swing of things there. But I guess he would be... He would be working face, I'd assume. Yeah, and uh, that was when... That, does that line up? Yeah. Him a face in 88? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bigelow, he had a good face run, and Million Dollar Man was always heel as soon as he came yeah. in, because he came in, oh, this is getting back there, AAW kind of days, you know, when he came up, and they gave him all gimmicks. He worked with, like, uh, Junkyard Dog in the indies before JYD became, you know, the... I can't ever assume DiBiase worked face even on a house show. You can't really work face no, with that. No, no. DiBiase was such an asshole. Like, just as a little kid, you hated him. But, like, you always respected him, one, because he had a lot of money, and two, he also had a slave in Ugh. the 80s. Like, yeah, not And you're great. like, not great. And but he would like, shove money down your throat if you lost. Yeah, he would beat you and then put money. Uh, there was the infamous spot where he asked the little boy to dribble the basketball ten times. And he was going to give him like $100. And then as soon as the kid hit nine, DiBiase kicked the ball. He kicked the ball off the kid. Yeah, and then just told him that life was tough and it wasn't always fair and to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And then laughed. And that was his whole thing. The main event, listen to this one, for this show on February 20th, 1988. free Free for all brawl. Anything goes. The participants... Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Again. (laughs) Jacques Rougeau. Raymond Rougeau. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Ken Patera. George the Animal Steel. Hillbilly Jim. Outback Jack. Outlaw Ron Bass. Don't remember him. I remember Outlaw Ron Bass. He wasn't, like, he never did anything, but. Mm -hmm. Sika. Sika. David San Martino. Ultimate Warrior. The Iron Sheik, Junkyard Dog, so just a bunch of copy-paste. Is it? Is It's not even a battle royal. It's just a free-for-all. Brawl for all. 
Leaping Lanny Poffo makes it, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Dino Bravo, King Harley Race, Hercules Demolition, and Mr. Fuji. So it's everybody on the tour and then like a couple extra guys added in. Like Jim Duggan is just sitting in the back. He's sitting in what they call the gorilla position by the curtain waiting, waiting Jim for Duggan, this moment. The most overrated wrestler in uh, like 20 Royal years Rumble time. champion. First Royal Rumble I think he won, right? Yeah, and that wasn't even a real thing because they only did the Royal Rumble to fuck with WCW. That was the mm-hmm. whole reason they did the Rumble to in the first place. And then they were like, oh, Jim Duggan is the guy we're going to put over. <laughs> this cross-eyed two-by-four carrying lumberjack Somebody's uncle's out here. Come get him. Yeah, give him to the xenophobic lumberjack. And the, the next card we have is also from the Civic Arena, and it comes with the program as well. This is Saturday, June 9th, 1990, at the Igloo. We have opening, opening contest, Tugboat versus Black Bart. So just a just a stiff match to start out the evening. Just two men beating the hell out of each other. Tugboat who loved was a character it. for small children and grandmas to adore. He was just a fat bear in a sailor costume. Yeah, he was a cutie. Hercules makes it back for another year against the very bad. He's billed from deepest, darkest Africa, Akeem. Oh, that doesn't feel good. <laughs> no, Akeem was deepest, never darkest. Yeah, it was always that, and he was always one man gang who was a six foot eight white man. Ugh, terrible. Tito Santana, hero to most. Tiro, Tito Santana versus Dino Bravo makes it. That's before he became El Matador, which is the Mexican version of Akeem. Not great either. A murderer, known murderer, Superfly Jimmy Snooker versus Barbarian. When you said known murderer, I actually had to pause, and I was like, Who? which one was it in 90? <laughs> yeah, Snuka, by that time, he had already killed his girlfriend. Yep. Yep. Uh, barbarians in that one. Bushwhackers. Bushwhackers. Butch and Luke versus Rhythm and Blues, who were Greg the Hammer Valentine and Honky Tonk Man. Future Hall of Famer Honky Tonk Man. Bushwhackers are still, to this day, the reason I get drunk and lick people. <laughs> Sick, dude. So, uh, the hammer and the honky-tonk together at last. Uh, next match, this is for the WWF Intercontinental title. One fall, one hour time limit. Mr. Perfect. Champion versus Brutus the Barber Beefcake. It could have been <laughs> Wait, I love a- how I love how we said Mr. Perfect. Our eyes lit up and I said Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And we silently uh, shook our heads inside. Like, that match isn't going uh, It's not going an hour. Like no, Mr. Uh, Perfect could go an hour. Brother Brutai is not. Brother Brutai needed to be carried by Mr. Perfect. I don't even think I ever saw Brutus the Barber Beefcake's finishing move because I don't ever remember him winning. Never won. The main event of the night for the WWF Championship: one fall, one hour time limit. The WWF Champion Ultimate Warrior versus ravishing rick rude who is the challenger that's a great match rick rude amazing heel every man wanted to be him every woman wanted to be with him but we all still hated him and ravishing rick rude great body really like head what would head comparison just like a a like 80s porn star if you gave fella. like John Ham a mullet and a mustache, that was mm-hmm. Mr. Perfect, like uh, a chiseled out of rock 80s John Ham. And boy, 
He had spray paint on his tights of like his opponents. He'd get his shit airbrush. He'd get his face airbrush on his own. He dick. used to claim that he would fuck your wife and then paint her face on your tights. And that was his thing. That That's- was his thing. He's like, I'm so good. I fucked your wife, and now her face is on my penis. And you were just like, Well, now we have to go for the belt. Damn, damn warrior. Um, but yeah, known dead the next day ultimate warrior cut a promo in the all ring and then died now. i think maybe of all the people that we've named maybe brutus is alive he's alive but oh no i would trade i so greg the hammer valentine's still alive him and brutus hang honky out. tonk still there yeah oh yeah Not, all the good ones died <laughs> yeah no jimmy nah God could take Jimmy. I don't. We don't need Jimmy, Jimmy to super fly stuff. Oh up. yeah, Jimmy's got his own judgment he, coming. Yeah, God's gonna do something to him. Yeah, if you thought Murder. Vince McMahon was terrible because he held a show in Saudi Arabia, wait till you hear about the murders he covered up in the seventies <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, in a fucking motel. So moving on again. Thank you, PGH underscore Retro. Thank you, David for, or excuse me, Dan for um, our programs and also our match cards. Uh, coming up here next, we have, speaking of that era, from around the same era, things we see all the time, rarely do we see old ones, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in a Half Shell. Yeah, and it's something that's been going on now, 30 years, Turtles have basically been around, and now they're weird leggy anime characters, but back then... They were just stocky little stoners. Little pork chops, little green pork chops that like surfing and fighting. Yeah, they were like big muscular, like they were stacked. Mm -hmm. And none of their fights ever lasted more than 10 minutes. They never even took it serious when they had to fuck with the Foot Clan. All they needed to do was eat some pizza and like eat more poison or whatever. And then boy, they were good to go. Yeah, the ooze. So one of the most common things that I think that we see are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in some... Um, some aspect of them, but it's mostly all new, mostly all current, so we don't really grab any of that stuff yeah, too much. We miss a lot of, you figure, because it's cyclical, you know? Like, when somebody moves out at 18, their mm-hmm. shit hits the bins. And you and I should hit the bins a long time ago. Well, my shit did. Your shit's still here. But <laughs> <laughs> my shit hit the bins, and now I've brought it back into yeah, my home. And, you and then, you've let it fester, re- and now you live in it. You really reaccumulate it. But, uh, yeah, the old <laughs> old 80s turtles aren't something we come across a whole lot. 90s and mm-hmm. 2000 turtles are everywhere. Yeah. So what we have uh, first off, which is sick as fuck, I got to say, is Raphael from 1993, and these were Universal Studios Ninja Turtles. So what we're looking at is Raphael as the Mummy from the Kawabuga series. Oh, see, everybody wanted in on Ninja Turtles, so you had those weird cross partnerships. And as part of uh, Universal Studios' uh, partnership with them, they wanted to do like a spooky turtles vibe. So they're like Kawabuga. We'll nail it. It's That's right really there. really good. Yeah. So Raphael, I have Mummy Raphael in my hand, but Michelangelo came as Frankenstein. Leonardo was the Wolfman, and Donatello was Dracula. I had the Leonardo Wolfman because Leonardo was always my favorite. Mm-hmm. Does Raph uh, glow in the dark? Raph gro- glows in the dark. I was going to say, I think I remembered him. Yeah. Oh, man, it's so good. And later on... Um, the Kawabugas took off a little bit, a couple of years after they originally were put out, because people were like, 
hey, they're back to the regular Turtles. We didn't know how much we missed Calabooga. So those actually like became popular as the years went on. In 2017, the Calabooga vault was opened back up. And there's two, 2017 and 2018, there's Calabooga figures. They're they redid back. the Calabugas. <laughs> yes, they did. That's like if wrestling all of a sudden decided to do the sweaty ones all over. <laughs> you know, like the back big then, muscly ones. I, for anybody who didn't grow up with the Turtles in the 80s, there were hundreds of varieties of them. Mm-hmm. And they would just introduce one-shot characters into one episode of a show just so they could then make a toy of yep. that five-second character. But these never made it on TV. These no. were just like a one-off These were a one-off vibe. go. But the, uh, yeah, a lot of the villains back then are actually um, up there in price because, as you mentioned, they had so little screen time, but there was a character made from them. But there was so few made of those because they weren't popular. Those are the more expensive ones now. See, that's what I collected as a kid. I had my core Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. But I really loved getting the one-off villains. Like I had a ton, because you, I didn't need yeah. a mummy Raphael to fight Baxter. You know, sure. like I had my guys, and then we got the turtle blimp for Christmas. Oh, okay. My mom one year for me and my brothers, we all got the turtle blimp, which was humongous, and That's it was fun. amazing. I had the uh, turtle. Um... The van? The van, the yellow van. I bet you it's still at my sister's place, if I had to guess, because I don't think we'd have got rid of it. I think the van came with April O'Neil, too. Yes, it did. And I actually got it secondhand, even when I was young. I don't know how I came across it, but it came with April, and it came with the van. And But it's uh, what I use that for is, as uh, we always talk about like wrestling and being wrestling fans, that was what the heel wrestlers... They were in, like, a stable together. That's what they rolled up to the ring in. It's the <laughs> Turtles van. <laughs> you, you even brought, brought the wrestlers in on the, the, the pizza wagon. Yeah, the heel faction, the heel faction in my wrestling kayfabe, my wrestling canon that I would wrestle with the figures, the heel stable would r- come out in that. Um, April would be driving. Um and they would just come out the... She valeted the, the heels? She valeted the heels. Um, uh, Steve Carino, of all people, was like the head of that heel faction in that would come out in that. But he, he was the champ for a while, Steve that's a Carino. Good, that's a good heel leader. Yeah. Blonde Steve Carino as well. So, like, after he bleached his stuff yeah, out. Yeah, the best Steve Carino. So, we had that Raphael in box... Unfortunately, I didn't get the box for it. In box, it goes for about 49 bucks. Um, out of box, significantly lower. It goes for about $14.99. I'm always okay with that. I'm not a box collector. Like, mm-hmm. It's good that some people are and you want to show that off, but I'm a play collector. I want to move them. I want to position them in cool things to display them. I have a little bit of both in my collections. I have stuff in box. I have stuff out of box. It's just I, whatever we find. You know, I've bought collectors in box things and then immediately rip them out of the box yeah i don't do that (laughs) quite as much so uh that was from 1993 but we're actually gonna rewind just a little bit um this one was actually put out by playmates in 1989 this is casey jones um now josh as you were saying before how sometimes they just like kind of busted out villains just so they could make a character. Casey Jones made it to a few episodes, at least, in that era. 
Um, but this Casey Jones looks like a, a hockey player more or less. And he's got his, uh, like his purple sweatpants on his green blue boots. He has like a ripped up, uh, blue top on and he looks pretty scary. Um, with this guy here, he, uh, unfortunately I don't have his ex- accessories that came with him. Yeah. This Casey Jones this is not the standard issue, Casey no. Jones. This is like one of the little offshoot variants. Because yes. Regular case, he made it into the movie even, yep. um, portrayed by the one guy I always confuse with the other guy, Cotias Elias, and I think you're... Uh, the other guy from Law and Order SVU. They, <laughs> they look. They enter. They're interchangeable. They're the same person. Yeah, they just use different names in different movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that Casey Jones made it into a couple of episodes. I mean, Casey Jones is well in that in that canon, but that particular one made it into a couple of episodes. And he he comes with like a golf bag, and it's a busted up golf bag, but it has like golf clubs and hockey and hockey sticks in it. That was when he got real badass, and that's how he carried his stuff around. He's like, "Do I want a golf club?" Because that was his thing. He'd be like, "Street oh, rat era." Casey what? Jones. Yeah. What do I want to hit him with? Do I want him with the golf club or the hockey stick? Because either way, you're swinging. Yeah. And that Casey Jones complete um, goes for like sixty to seventy dollars in box. But out of box without accessories, about sixteen bucks. Still yeah. not bad. The more accessories, obviously, and a lot of the turtle figures had a lot of stuff that came with them. Whether it was a little pizza box or a slice or their weapons, and mm-hmm. a lot of them had the rubber belts that you would put the rubber belts around and then slide the weapons into. They broke immediately. But it definitely makes me want to try to find my old my old turtles van because I could just put those in that and put that somewhere. In the Tolma. Oh, God. If I ever found my old Ninja Turtle haul, I get, it's got to be 40 pounds of Ninja Turtles. Did you have it one of those big old Tupperware containers? We had, like, a really embarrassing amount of toys as kids because there were three of us. And, like, that's just what my parents did to show affection. They just bought us things. Like, here you go. Try and this out for love. We had, yeah. Like, <laughs> does this fit? <laughs> like, and we had a, um, like, a a room in our house in our basement that was walled off that was just full of toys and it was like slanted. It wasn't even a toy box. It was just all the toys went in there and it was like a, a and I would have to okay, climb. Okay, I know, I know what you're saying. I, I would have climbed Was it in. like an attic type setup? It was in like the, a cubby hole. Type it was thing. in the basement, but it was like a, like a partitioned off section of like maybe like four feet across that like all the toys were just in there. Mm-hmm. So the stuff in the back, like if you climbed back and underneath, you could really thrift from your own stuff because you wouldn't have seen that stuff in years. Yeah. I, I, my grandfather and grandmother in one of their bedrooms, it was an attic bedroom, had exactly what you're talking about. And I know exactly what you mean because that's where all the board games used to be. That was like the board games room. Yeah. And sometimes when you'd grip around because it just was like a, it just, yeah, it just partitioned off. You couldn't see what you were grabbing. No, you just, you just, and because I was the youngest and the littlest, I would always be tasked with like, oh, if there was something in there that you needed, like mm-hmm. Josh will climb in and get it. And so a lot of my youth is me in toys yelling back to my brothers, I don't see it. <laughs> Keep looking. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Did you have on top, I remember, see that my experience was the opposite because I was the youngest and the smallest. I was not allowed in there. So I wasn't allowed in there. 
Um, but there used to be like uh, light bulbs, like the pool, the pool, ta- mm-hmm. like the pool crank light bulbs in there. So I used to like turn those on and leave those on. And if like obviously if somebody's like, oh, there's the light left on, I'd be like, shit, they knew I was in there. You, so I get in caught out on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to be very crafty as a kid to cover your tracks. I was just like not allowed to do anything. I feel like I just wasn't like don't do that, don't do this. We weren't supervised, so like what we were allowed to do and what we weren't allowed to do was really not relevant as a child because we just policed ourselves until we got caught. Yeah, and and like, but it was the opposite because when I became like a like a teenager. There was nothing I wasn't doing. Like, I was doing literally anything, ever, and not getting in trouble for it. Oh, we were, yeah, we were fucking hooligans, even at a young age. And then, like, when drugs became a thing, we were like, oh! Oh, no, see, I never did that. No, we were, I mean, we were always good kids, but, like, we were always, like, mischievous. Like, we would steal, like, uh, there's a famous story in our family of our neighbor. Like, they would deliver, you know, like, the summer sausages and the things you would order at a catalog. Oh, yeah, meat truck. Yeah. And Swanson we, truck. We stole our neighbor's summer sausage, and we hid it in their drain pipe, and then their drain pipe backed up and, like, overflowed oh, with everything. And sausage piped. Yeah, we sausage piped them. That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty creative. No, yeah, it was, like, weird. Like, growing up, I wasn't allowed to do much of anything. And then when I was a teenager, I was like, well, what if I just start doing it and just see what happened? And then nothing happened. I would get yelled at every single day of my life, but, like, nothing would happen. Nothing yeah. would happen. So I would just – I knew I was going to get yelled at, so I'm just like, whatever it is, I'm just going to keep you doing it. You just take it and keep going. Yeah, being the youngest and having two older brothers who weren't on their best behavior – my main form of discipline was just my parents looking at me and going, don't be like your brothers. And then I would just be like, I would do something bad, but not as bad as my brothers had previously done. So mm-hmm. I could just slide under because my parents established a radar of bad behavior mm-hmm. and my brother set it really far out. So as long as I stayed within that radius, I could go undetected. Yeah, your brothers were getting like probably like hand jobs at the movies and stuff. Oh, like hand jobs on coke at the movies for all I know. Like, there, was, there was probably something way worse. Josh, don't do that. Yeah, and they're just like, don't do that. And I was like, I can, mean, I could figure it out. I mean, the hand job part of the coke. Like, okay, I'll just, I'll make the one de- or the other. I'll go out with my friends and I'll make the determination <laughs> on things. Um, so that was the, our blast from the past. A couple of things that Josh picked up today. As everybody knows that, like, I'm, I'm a fan of, like, vintage sports sports stuff. Um, real quick, a jersey, a national championship jer- jersey that you actually see in the video up on our Facebook if you watch our haul videos. But this is from 2007, Ohio State, it, Ohio State Buckeyes red jersey national championship, um, the Tostitos Bowl uh, logo on the sleeve embroidered. But I had found out with this red jersey, Ohio State, when they won the national championship, everyone on the team had their jersey released. That's a real Ohio State thing to do. Mm-hmm. And um, so this jersey was number seven, and we were talking about at the outlet, like, well, who's number seven? And I was thinking everybody from that year. I'm like, nobody was number seven. Turns out number seven was the third string quarterback Antonio Henton. <laughs> oh, that a boy. So I boy. got Antonio's jersey. You got Mr. Henton who 
Probably sells insurance in the lower Ohio region now. Probably, but um, he he won a national championship. He's got a championship ring. All you have to do is be at least third string. I mean, you he just did it. you just made it as he quarterback. Did it. He could put that in his Twitter yeah. bio, and it won't be a lie. And they made a jersey, which you happen to pick up. And you could get yours for about twenty five to sixty dollars. So there's a big in between, but that was a Josh fine he gave to me. Um, a 1999 New York Yankees uh, cap was found. A vintage Pitt Panthers cap that I have to to um, cut some loose threads on, but that looks to be a really cool piece. I was wearing that in a thrift video, um, but I think we're um, we're heading in, in a good direction. Every time I, I think I want to move diff- a different outlet. We got a pretty good haul, yeah. and so we're still going to be hanging out with Randy down there. We found the jerseys right away. The hats came, like, intermixed. There were a lot of good hats that were roached today. Yep. We found the old 96 Olympics hat oh, that had a yeah, big piss guy. stain on top of it. Oh, yeah, the weird guy was like, oh, you weren't even born then. Yeah, like, I had the uh, – it, it was a, a white hat. Yeah, it was roached because it was, like, covered in – tan liquid it could have been coffee could have been dirt but unfortunately i couldn't get it but it was a beautiful hat if it wasn't but a 1996 uh, olympics hat from atlanta and i picked it up and some guy i've never seen said like oh you weren't even born in 96 there were a lot of like tourists at the outlet today and I think somebody might have dropped him off and been like, I'll be back in an hour. Because he was just walking around talking to talking everybody. Talking to people. And as soon as he said that, I just like kind of nervously chuckled. And I was like, hey, he's a, he's he's a weird guy. You called him brother. He was like a 70-year-old man. And you were like, oh, brother. <laughs> he's like, I didn't even right? know. I, you know how sometimes I say things and I don't know that I do it? I rub off on people that way, yeah. Yeah, like I didn't know. So I... What did I say to him? You said, uh, he he said, uh, you know, oh, you weren't even born then. You said, brother, I was born way before then or <laughs> something to the effect of that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes sometimes I will, like, literally say things out loud, and I don't realize I'm saying them out loud, and then someone will just, like, answer or because it's words there, and they'll be like, wait, why did they say words there? And I'm like, I said. Oh, I spoke out loud. I spoke out loud. Speaking of speaking out loud, Josh has a surprise that he's been letting on to me little by little as the day goes by. Um, So we're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we have a very special vintage versus modern segment with some surprise Josh stuff, I guess. Yeah, we're going to we'll save it for after the commercial. But this is an official tease. Okay, hang in there. See you in a bit. Where am I? Some hot tea? I don't believe this. I wish you'd stop doing that. Come on, lady, wake up. Hey, it's tough trying to carry on a conversation with you, you know? Perhaps some food would aid the young lady's powers of speech. Pizza time! Who had the pepperoni and ice cream? Yeah, I want some of the jelly beans and mushrooms. Yeah, give me a slice of anchovies and peanut butter. This is seriously grossing me out. She talks, she walks. How can you eat that junk? How can you eat raw fish? Ugh. Hold it, guys. 
Now, April, would you like to tell us why those men were chasing you around the sewers? Well, yeah, we don't get many humans down here. I was doing a story about a bunch of thefts at scientific equipment companies. Hey, I'm sitting here talking to a bunch of turtles. And their pet rat? Who the heck are you guys? Commonwealth Press, Pittsburgh's best screen printing. It's CWPress.com. We print t-shirts. CWPress.com. So rarely do we do this, but... So I guess it has to be a special occasion, but I busted out an actual piece of recording equipment. <laughs> I need two hands. This is uh, the vintage versus modern I don't have notes for, for the first time in a long time. And the reason being... No notes. I have physical items. Okay. That we're going to do vintage versus modern So we with. busted out the mic stand for a very special two-handed Josh presentation of Vintage versus oh, Modern. I feel like PowerPoint, like I need the clicker to go through these, but we've got a Vintage versus Modern that uh, I picked up specially for you since we've gotten a little cantankerous. Mm -hmm. This is the peace offering of Vintage TNA wrestling cards. Vintage versus Modern. So the vintage this week is an inaugural set of 35 licensed TNA impact cards, and I believe they're from 2007. Wow. So you have vintage versus modern wrestling playing cards. That's pretty cool. And for those fans new to the show, if you've never heard vintage, vintage versus modern, we take an item and compare its vintage its vintage value to its modern counterpart and try to guess which one is more expensive. So we have TNA Impact Wrestling cards from, you said, 2007? Uh, it's actually 2008. 2008. Cor yeah, correction on that. But they're 2008 TriStar cards uh, with a guaranteed autograph in the box. Okay. Also, and we don't know who that is yet. Hopefully, right? we don't know. These are good. These are okay. They were completely sealed. I tore the plastic off just to make it easier to get into them. But the packs are still sealed. Uh, the TNA pack also has subsets, including Mike's Magical Moments, which are broadcaster TNA uh, broadcaster Mike, Mike TNA's favorite TNA moments. Uh, we are TNA, which is unique features and championships. Whoa, uh, Muscle Inc which is focuses on the wrestler's fitness and tattoos. <laughs> uh, then and now, TNA stars past and present. So this is 2008, and they're already like, these are our past stars. stars. And then uh, Thoughts by Big Sexy Kevin Nash. Wow. The wrestling icon gives his take on TNA on trading cards. So the vintage trading cards, and are those just... Here, I'll give you the box if you okay. want to take a look. Yeah, so those are trading cards, trading cards. This isn't like a game or anything you could play. No, it's not a game. These are like, you know, like regular run-of-the-mill. And on the front, we have wrestler Samoa Joe, wrestler Kurt Angle, wrestler Kevin Nash, wrestler Sting, wrestler Christian Cage, wrestler Booker T, and also wrestler Charmel. Yeah, a whole... and. Of all of those, only Samoa Joe at that time had not been in the E. Okay. 
So yeah. I've taken the cards out of the box. They're still sealed in plastic. Do you want to open this one, or do you want me to open this one? You could open that one. Well, yeah, I'm going to introduce the modern. And, yeah, if we want to do – you want to do the vintage, I'll do the modern. But first, yeah. before we open, yes, you have to, we, open. We, we need your guess. But the modern, to compete with the 2008 TNA, mm-hmm. are 2017 women's division trading cards. From the WWE. From the WWE. And this is 40 cards. So okay. TNA's got 35 – the E has 40, also featuring autographs, kiss cards, shirt, mat relics, and more. So I have to guess which one holds more value, 2008 TNA wrestling cards or 2017 WWE wrestling cards. I am going to say I'm going to go with vintage. Vintage? And I'm going to say by $10. Vintage Ooh. by ten dollars. You know, I bought these myself, so I'm really, <laughs> I'm really intrigued that you think I would spend ten dollars on either of these. But mm-hmm. in fact, I did. <laughs> um, and I'm guilty. This show has caused sneaky addictions in my life to pop up, where I will have a drink and then be on eBay and go. This would make a good bit, and this is that bit. Uh-huh. So, so the vintage, the vintage cards. I said ten dollars more than the modern. You are correct. Vintage is more. Vintage, I win. It's the guaranteed autograph. I think that really puts it over the top. Yes, because the vintage, thirteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. The modern, six ninety nine. I did good. You did do well on I that one. I did very good. All things considered, and now. We even get bonus trading cards, which makes the the, the price skyrocket. Because if I get one of these kiss cards, there's no telling how much money that's worth. Because true, it's sexist and shouldn't exist. And that's why it's worth money. So I have the vintage TNA cards. Why don't you open yours up first? Because they're the the least yeah. valuable one. So, <laughs> and it makes sense because the first card is Eve Torres. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Carmella, Nia Jax. Charlie Caruso gets her own card. Charlie Caruso. Uh, you get it, girl. Kimberly Frankly, which is Kimberly. Kimberly makes cards. Renee Young gets a card. Great job, Renee. Uh, we've got a, an Asuka special. Asuka, favorite wrestler probably on the planet right Another now. Another Asuka special. Mm-hmm. A Charlotte Flair special. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruby Riot. Uh, Dana Brooke. Bailey. So everyone. Another Oscar, another special Charlotte. A uh, Charlotte again. Charlotte again. Four Charlottes. A lot of Charlottes. A lot Rick of Oscars. Rick Flair's daughter, Charlotte Flair. Tori Wilson. Tori Wilson. Uh, another Oscar. Uh, Alicia Fox. Uh, Sasha Banks finishing move. Sasha Banks finishing move. Eve Torres. Okay. Eve's still in there. Dana Brooke. Bodybuilder. Known bodybuilder. Alexa. Mm-hmm. Summer Ray gets a card. Uh, vintage Trish Stratus. Another Bailey NXT. Mandy Rose. Another Bailey. Uh, Sasha Banks. Nia Jax. Oh, did you get a kiss card? A not, famous kiss card? Not yet. However, uh, Princess Victoria. And as we just talked, uh, Judy Martin was on. Judy that. Martin. Judy Martin was on that. Here's a picture. I uh, we didn't look up Judy Martin before. Here is Glamour Girl Judy Martin. If Judy like to, Martin. Uh, Judy Martin. Hey oh, Judy, you look great. Good Alundra for you. Alundra Blaze. 
Good for uh, you, Judy Martin. Sasha, we've got Brie Bella, an Ember Moon card. Mm-hmm. JoJo gets a card. Mickey James, Tamina, Beth, and a Bailey Respect card. So it does not look like we got a Kiss card. We do have a guaranteed autograph coming up in that pack, though. So the TNA, we're looking at the Vintage TNA 2008 trading cards. And so what we have here, there's a guaranteed autograph. Uh, we have Team 3D. Oh, so you had mentioned earlier on that this was in. There was some cards where they just had uh, tattoos. So here's a Kurt Angle's tattoo, and it just says Muscles Inc. Uh, Kurt Angle tattoo, and the worst picture of a duck tattoo you have ever seen. Uh, you have ever seen. Oh, that's not a duck. That's the Clarion Eagle. The Clarion Eagle. That's what Kurt Angle's tattoo is. Is it's the, the Clarion Eagle? It's the yeah. His the college he went to, Clarion University here in PA. Uh, it's the eagle wearing a singlet from that, and that is a horrible picture. Horrible picture. Booker T. <laughs> Booker T's muscle ink card. Oh my gosh! These muscle ink cards, these tattoo cards are crazy. You can't see what those tattoos are if you it's, if, if you try. They have clearly. Uh, like taking a regular picture of them and just zoomed in on the tattoo. It's not an exclusive picture of the tattoo. No. Okay, so here's here's a interesting card here. This is his tattoo that says Charmel. Charmel tattoo. So uh, one of these wrestling cards here is a then and now wrestling card. So it depicts the wrestler as a kid. So it's them as a kid and them now. Well, how about Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner as a child? on that card these child these muscle ink they have quotes and a story about the tattoo on the back and kurt angles actually says i now wish i hadn't gotten it i've never seen it so it doesn't bother me as much as it would if i have on a daily basis okay so that's pretty sad this is yeah this is scott steiner before he started taking steroids at the age of six (laughs) seven really started it up I have another Muscles Inc. card from the TNA 2008 stack, and it is merely Brother Devon. And, oh, my God, he looks like – I don't know what he – he's he's flexing, but he looks like he's just trying to, like, push out, uh, push out a number two. And you just see his upper body and muscles and head, and head on that one. Oh, that doesn't even look human. It looks like a balloon. A balloon with a face on it. Yeah. So the autograph – I have it in my hand. Oh, this is remember we also the muscle ink also said it focuses on their exercise routine. So this is just talking about how Devon got his traps. Okay. So I have the TNA autograph in my hand right now and it is the wrestler Rhino. Oh, Rhino, Rhino the wrestler baby. And see that's a that's a worthy signature because he has wrestled everywhere. Everywhere. You know, ECW original. Uh, I think he even had a bit in WCW. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, his TNA days. His TNA days right there. So that's in, in blue pen, Rhino the Wrestler card. So that was your vintage versus modern. So vintage was a one out there. I have one to shoot back at you to see if you can tie me. So vintage versus modern, what say you, Josh? Cowboy hat. Ooh. Are we talking Stetson? Cowboy hat. So vintage 
John B. Company, Stetson, Tan, and it's the Beaver model. Okay, so Beaver, Beaver Pelt. Yep. Okay. And it's a Stetson, and that was your vintage versus the Outback Wool Montana Black, and it says it's also crushable. Okay. So that's the modern. So vintage versus modern, what holds more value so right modern, now of a cowboy hat? Modern is a crushable wool, mm-hmm. and vintage is a beaver Stetson. Yes. Any year on the vintage? Neither have okay. years. Well, the modern one is from now. Yeah. But the vintage one does not have a year, but it does say vintage, and it does look very old. I'm going to go, yeah, is the condition of the vintage, is it still wearable? Is it wearable. a decent shape? Wearable. Okay. I'd say wearable. Wearable, not decent shape. Okay, so you, you immediately wearable. veered away from defense. Wearable. It fits on a head is what you're, okay. Mm-hmm. So... If it was good condition, 100%, I would go vintage. Yeah. And you may be doing it just to sabotage me I with don't know. the wearable. Hey, I don't know. I only play fair. I don't know. But I'm I'm inclined to think that the, the vintage may be of a subpar condition. Okay. Uh, do, normally, you, do you think Beaver takes away from the value? Do I you mean, think, I think Beaver adds or takes away from the value Compared to up? wool, I think Beaver would be worth more because wool is replenishable, and you've got to kill the beaver to get the skin. Uh-huh. And a sheep is just like, whatever, cut my hair. Yeah. Um, but it is the, – the modern one, again, is crushable. Does that add value or, or, or take away value? I don't think you crush it on purpose. Like, my glasses are like they have the flex hinge, but mm-hmm. I don't fuck with them just because they have the ability to be fucked with. Does that add value to your glasses? Does that add value to a cowboy According hat? to my insurance, it does. So I'm going to go with the modern, all things considered, uh, hoping that it is more than just wearable. Okay. And I'm going to go modern by... Well, I the the vintage one is the one that's wearable. The modern one is crushable, but still fine. Yeah, it's more than wearable. That's what sure. I mean. Like, if sure. wearable is a condition, this is like very good wearable sure. at least. Okay, sure. I'll give you. I'll give you that. So I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go modern by twenty five. Okay, modern by twenty five on the cowboy hat. I will first say that the vintage cowboy hat is eighty dollars. How are you feeling about your pick? Uh, I think cowboys lead a simple lifestyle, and they put money into their hat. 80 bucks for the vintage. So I think 80 is reasonable for vintage. Beaver especially, because I don't think you can buy a live beaver for probably less than 60 So you said modern by 25 I'm going to go modern, yeah, so like so this was. So this is a – you're hoping the modern one is $105. I'm going, yeah, plus 100 on the modern. Well, the Outback Wool – Montana black crushable cowboy hat retails for $44.99. It is vintage by about $36. Even even just wearable. Just wearable the is life enough. Of, that gives me hope in society that we still value the beaver, even though he's not in the best shape, because as a human not in the best shape, it gives me hope for myself if I were ever turned into a hat. Get roached. Where?